Now that we've bitched all we need to bitch. This intro. <laughs> I'm always watching and I've never done bitch <laughs> Amari McGowan. I'm always sad. <laughs> There's always something wrong. Period. It's the serotonin, bruh. We just need a tiny bit of it. Just a little. If we had a little bit of serotonin between between the two of us, we could even share it on alternated weekends. We'd be unstoppable. I had more of it on the road trip. It's just now that I'm back home and job searching and spending money that I don't have and trying to save my measly wages that I'm like, wow, this is not optimal. Should have left me in the goddamn woods. Honestly, I probably just would have died out there and it would have been fine. I'm like, sorry, dude, I've been homeless for 25 years because I've been living on a fucking beach in Oregon. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. I'm, we could totally beach bum life together. We should also do this intro so that we don't forget. Hey, everybody. I'm Jordan, a grown adult eternally cursed with the voice of a Muppet, and this is Rambler. My friend on video call with me went on a long road trip with me this summer, and we decided to make a podcast about it. This is... Bitch, go. I didn't even realize that you were recording. How about that? Do you want to restart? Sure. All right. Before I forget, I would like to take the opportunity to thank the patrons who have actually been following our Patreon since the inception. I came up with this idea over a year ago, and basically the same people have been supporting me the whole time um, that are supporting me now. So I want to give them a special shout out to um, Karibe Indigena. Hey, Kayla. What's up? I love you. Thank you. Also to Chloe Bragg, Chloe supports all of my Patreons, including the one for my graphic novel, and that's really tight. It's basically every time I do something, Chloe's down for it, and I really appreciate that. Uh, there's Danny. I really appreciate you very much supporting me, Danny. I hope you and your kids are doing well. Thanks a lot for continuing to be my patron. Amani, Kate Sharam, Catherine Crocker, Kim Nieves. I love you, boo. Your baby is super cute. I hope you guys are doing well. And I really appreciate you guys continuing to support me because some of you guys are actually my friends. And I know that financially, you are sometimes a little bit stretched. So it means a lot to me that you would take money out of your narrow budgets in order to support this thing that I wanted to do. And your money went to helping us pay for gas and helping me buy this podcasting equipment. So thanks very, very much. All right. So, after we were in Milwaukee, I think it was the first night that we rest stop hopped, right? Okay, so, what, what do you mean rest stop So, you know how when we were sleeping in the car, we were always staying at rest stops? Like, we never slept in a parking lot of a Walmart, but sometimes we were planning ahead of time the rest stops mm-hmm. that we would make it to. Um... Was that the first night that we did that, or was that kind of an accident, and then that became the plan later? Because I can't remember how that kind of panned out. I think that happened as an accident. Yeah. what were we, were we heading to, I don't even remember where we were heading to in particular, but it was getting late. It was also super rainy, because I have a picture. Oh, Um, yeah, that was because it was. It was incredibly rainy and incredibly foggy. The storm was bad, is why we had to pull over, because yeah. we couldn't see shit. Yeah, and I have a picture of that for 
first night, just kind of looking out of the back of the um, of the car and just like watching the rain fall. It was aesthetically pleasing, and it was also a moment where I realized, like, oh shit! That picture will eventually be posted on our Patreon. This is not a long trip. Yeah. That yeah, picture. I was like, I was like, we have like three weeks to go. Yeah. Well, that really hit me that. Well, we got really lucky because we learned some things about rest stops, and then we kept using them as free ways to sleep while we were traveling in between places. And we didn't necessarily want to get a hotel to sleep for three hours so that we could keep driving in the morning, you know. The good thing about rest stops is that they oftentimes have staff that come every few hours. Every time we were at one, some sort of state employee showed up to clean something. So there's always someone coming around to check. Yeah, in our experience, there's at some point during like night, early morning, or evening, there's usually staff present. They're usually, you know, cleaning the restrooms and everything like that. They were all really main, well maintained, um, but there were definitely staff in the rest stops that had visitor centers. Yeah, that had you know like monuments, or it was like the Oregon Trail or something like that where it's super popular. Some of them do have time limit, so to speak. But those tend to be the no smaller more than, like, ones. 12 hours or so. And I mean, you're not going to be sleeping 12 hours in one go. Yeah, and those are those are pretty clearly marked. The other thing that I liked is that there were cam- even at the most rural ones where you wouldn't expect it, there were always cameras very visible and out in the open and in a lot of different places. Which adds, like, an extra level of security. Because it is kind of nerve-wracking for the both of us to be sleeping in the back of my car in the middle of fucking nowhere. And it's just us and, like, eight semi-drivers. So, the fact that... everywhere. So, we always made sure to pick a spot that was directly under... A camera or a light. Yeah. And, you know, if you invest in a... What is it? Like the, um... Oh, yeah, the window covers. Like, if you invest... Like, I forgot the fucking word for a second, but if you invest in the window covers, um... Yeah, those static window covers. Because, like, while it's not going to cover the entirety of the window, you can position it so that, like, nobody is able to see your face whenever they're peering through. Which was... That's kind of what was nice about having the windows of the back part of the car tinted so darkly because when we when we covered up the front window with the solar reflector and then the windows with those static window cover things those were like ten dollars at walmart by the way everybody i got mine in turquoise they're super pretty still in my car and we stored them inside of a little sunglass case too yeah and they're reusable super tight and you you can spray them down and wash them too so like they're completely reusable and i'm gonna keep reusing them because it's hot as fuck here sometimes and my seats are black yeah but that was super beneficial because we use those a lot it wasn't an investment that didn't pay off in the end and i don't think that i really planned on those being very useful i kind of got them on a whim like oh we're gonna be in the desert and i have black leather seats on this car and i don't want them to get completely like, roasting and faded because they would have burnt the shit out of us. Um, so I, like, prepared ahead for that, but they ended up being useful for, like, a lot of other things that we hadn't suspected. 
like that night that it was super cold and because that reflector is used to some because the other side of that reflector you can use it to keep heat in the car when it's cold and we slept on top of it to keep us warm first of all that was a really good jerry rig and i'm proud as fuck for my macgyvering my way I MacGyvered us into not getting frostbite that night, okay? So, I'm going to just brush my shoulder on that one. But, yes. Yeah, Yeah, because you had, um, like, that sun reflector. We had the homeless disaster blanket. That was beautiful. It was nice. It was a nice $6 investment. That thrift store was a godsend. It really was. I should have gotten that second sleeping bag earlier, though. I was freezing my ass off. Absolutely. (laughs) But too stubborn to go and get in the car. Absolutely. But if you're not too stubborn. We die like men. Stubbornly and with a much easier solution within reach. Then take advantage of that. Take advantage of rest stops. Take advantage of window covers if you have them. It's a super simple, super cheap investment. Yeah, altogether I bought the the one for my entire windshield for like eight bucks because I got the plain one without fun colors and then I got both window covers for five bucks a pop. So altogether that was like twenty bucks. That's one step that you can take if you're trying to protect your privacy, but if you are still worried about protecting yourself, we had wasp spray. It sprays farther than bear spray does. And it also shoots in a straight line, so there's less likely to be any blowback and with some force. Um, we chose that specifically, one, as bear spray from when we went hiking, and two, for protection when we had to sleep in the car in weird places. And also protection from those crazy-ass wasps. But we also kept two pocket knives of, I think, the three that I bought with, or I brought with me. I always have a utility knife somewhere on me for utility reasons. Well, we had two utility knives. You had one. I had one. I had three pocket knives. We had a can of wasp spray. At one point, we had a burned-down bamboo stick from a tiki torch that I found. We're going to tell that story later, so I'm going to tell you to shut up! Keep that one to yourself! It's a good one! Whole story, but at one point, we did have a bamboo stick. <laughs> Never underestimate bamboo. I tell you what. And getting into another road trip tip, it's definitely a benefit to just go ahead, spend the 80 bucks, and get yourself an annual pass. Exactly. It's only for one year from mm-hmm. the date of purchase. I'm super glad that that was the one thing that we did plan for because it ended up being really it the whole reason that we were able to travel as well as we did for so low is because we were camping for either free or for 15 to 20 bucks a night depending on the park. And that's amazing for travel costs. Like every time we were like why not get an Airbnb? We were like, "Oh, we could stay at the state park with a shower for free because it's the off season instead." So we didn't even, like, pay for a place to stay the whole time we were traveling, and we managed to space it out so that we always were visiting somebody with a shower around the time that we needed to get one. And, you know, maybe you're just planning a trip where you're just going to go to one national park. Like, say you're going out west, um, but your big trip is to Yellowstone. Then yeah. Perhaps then it wouldn't 
be in your best interest to drop the $80 for the year pass, but in our case, we were visiting multiple national parks throughout the trip. Sometimes a day. And it paid for itself in three. It also pays for national monuments and a lot of state monuments. Um, That one state monument we went to, uh, the one with the awesome pictographs, I paid for twice just because I love state forests and state parks and I had some cash on me. But oftentimes, uh, national landmarks like that are also covered under this card. So a lot of things that have to do with our national parks and nature around the country, you, within three national parks, which are normally $20 a day to get into per car, you save all your money within four national parks. And we went to three just in South Dakota. Yeah, I'm actually pretty sure that it's 25 apiece is the standard. Yeah. So you can visit three parks and spend 75, or you can pay 80 up front. And then if you ever plan on, you know, taking a vacation or you have a friend or somebody who is going, you can just give them that card to take to take with them. Yeah, like they are going to check the ID, but you don't take an ID photo for it. And it's per car too. So pack a shit ton of people into your car and you're going to get in under that pass. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that it doesn't cover is it doesn't cover the cost of camping. But um, some campsites it does make the cost less. Yes. It doesn't cover boat launching, which it doesn't even matter because we don't have a boat and also I can't swim. So literally fuck all large bodies of water for real, for real. I love swimming. I don't agree with you and I also love me a boat. I can't swim so there's literally no point in me getting out. I will teach you to swim. It's gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. I'm just gonna die. I'd have a dream. No. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't doesn't cover parking, but also, like, we've been literally everywhere and we didn't see anything saying that we had to pay for parking ever. But, I mean, that's just one stipulation to know of. That might be for, like, special state parks, because they're Here's the thing, y'all. We stopped at a lot of national parks that were marked on our atlas and that were Googleable, and we stopped at a lot of state parks that were the same way, but there are literally so many state parks that they can't all be listed on a map. So sometimes you have to look up, like, a specialty list in order to find them. And the same thing with national parks is there's a lot more national parks than you know about, and the really popular ones are super beautiful, but also... Sometimes the ones that are a little bit more off the beaten path have less traffic. So that was one thing that we discovered, especially when we went places like Oregon and uh, Colorado. Colorado, yeah. yeah. It was just traveling a little bit outside of the park, maybe like 7 to 10 miles, and just finding a free site and commuting inward. Yeah, because the thing about national parks is that they have dedicated campsites. And the cool thing is that you can look up these campsites Ahead of time, not all of them, you can't reserve spots at all of them, but some of them you can reserve spots at. But also they let you know whether or not they are, like, disability accessible. So if you're somebody who's wheelchair bound, but you would also like to visit state parks, or if you have some mobility problems, there are trails in a lot of the more popular national parks now that are boardwalked, which makes it more accessible to people who want to go see these things. But in return, they've also made some campsites that are specifically accessible campsites, which is nice. Um, If you are an individual that does have a permanent disability and are you a U.S. citizen or you're a permanent resident here, 
there is a free access pass for those that can obviously like prove their disability. Yeah. But I don't know if you have to re- renew that. I mean, that's up to you guys to figure that out on your own. Yeah. But there are a bunch of different passes. Like, Links to a lot of these things are going to be in the show yeah. notes as well. So if y'all want to go on your own trip or even just want to start camping or investigating the national parks one by one more often, we're going to have this information for you on both our Patreon. Um, our Patreon is, by the way, the underscore rambler. You have to put www.patreon.com first, but then slash the underscore rambler. And that's where you'll find us. That's how you can support us. It would be super nice. We'd really like to go on more trips and keep doing this. So if you want to do that or just tell your friends, we'd appreciate it. But um, the nice thing also about the park pass is I didn't realize that at some state parks it crosses over and helps you get less expensive campsites and campsites at um, national parks tend to be a little bit more expensive by five to ten dollars it really depends on the popularity of the place yeah because a lot of places even though you are paying um, for the spot it's also the first come first serve yeah we really got lucky we got super lucky we got super lucky we got lucky because a lot of the other folks who are traveling are older and they do it in a more, how shall we say, comfortable manner in their big ass houses on wheels. And so when you get into big national parks that have multiple campsites, they normally only have the biggest, nicest one marked on the map. But if you travel like three, four miles away for that further in, you find nicer, more secluded less crowded, and sometimes free camping sites. Um, Yeah, and sometimes if you are just doing your standard, um, uh, like, camp, or, like, tent camping, or you're doing, like, um, like, you're a bicyclist or a hiker, sometimes they do have discounts in national parks, depending on what kind of a camper you are. If you have an RV in most places you're going to pay a lot more money, which is fair, because fuck y'all. Honestly, we have some grudges against RV drivers. We don't think you're all bad, but it would be nice if y'all got it together a little bit on how much space you take up or whatever. I don't really understand glamping. Neither do I. But we're tough. We are tough. We we didn't even have a Coleman. We didn't even have a Coleman. We cooked over a fire. The entire time. That's what I told you. It's really important to have one talent. And mine is, I can cook anywhere on anything. If it can get hot, I can cook on it. I'm just adaptable. That's my strength. Mm. I'm an anxious little creature, but I just kind of... Oh, walk. The prices for the sites that you were talking about, they're called walk-in campsites. And they tend to be 8 to $10. So folks who are doing cross-country bike trips and long hikes, especially if you're doing something like the Appalachian Trail or the PCT, where a lot of these parks neighbor those regions, it's still advantageous for you to get one of these passes because I do know people who do cross-country uh, biking trips. And I assume that it's probably sometimes a pain in the ass to find a place to stay. And also that y'all sometimes get just straight up rained off the road. So there are walk-in prices that are very, very cheap, if that's your jam. 
Definitely. And um, if you're not incredibly stubborn, you can also look ahead. Um, some of the bigger places we went, we camped in Yellowstone for two nights. We were super fortunate to find spots without reserving ahead of time. Luckily, those ones were first come, first served, but some places like... Um, in, Arches. In Arches, like in Moab, people had months and ahead of time reserved their spots. Like we could, I think it was Devil's Garden. Mm-hmm. We couldn't even get into Devil's Garden, but that's cool because we got to camp in the backcountry. Yeah, I actually, sometimes when we ended up getting thrown off of our course from major campsites and we found the little side ones, I was grateful for it because we found quieter, nicer places where we saw the stars better. Like, that place we stayed in Moab was the bomb. Aside from the fire ants. Fire ants are just part of the West. They do suck. It wasn't cool that that one got in your bed, but... I'm just lucky that she bit me only four times. (laughs) Yeah, uh, national parks are a really cool place, and they have a lot of resources that you don't expect them to have. Um, some state parks even have shower-only prices, so if you are a backpacker or a biker and you just need to stop and clean yourself, you can just pay, like, five bucks to go take a shower in their shower. And I know that it sounds like a pain in the ass to have to pay to just use water, and water should be free for everybody because it's required to live and you're made out of it and most of the earth is covered in it or whatever. But it just goes right back to our national parks, and funding is always being cut for these ecological sites and monuments and things that are really important that people undervalue these days. So give us another five bucks to help some bears or some baby bison or something, you know? Like, I understand that the history of national parks is complicated, but at this point, it's kind of the only border between a lot of our really beautiful natural places being destroyed and not existing anymore. Um, so, like, sure, John Murr was, like, a racist shithead who was super anti-indigenous, and so were a lot of the guys who were really into uh, forming national parks and saving bears, but not really caring about black or indigenous people, but kumse kumsa. I see you, Madison Grant. I'm fucking watching you from beyond the grave. We're all watching. We're throwing mad shade. Another thing to know in this first episode that maybe we should have talked about before is Amari and I are going to be looking up and asking for the indigenous names of places. So when we talk about something in the beginning of an episode, we will give you the common name and then the indigenous name, and we're going to keep using the indigenous name. So, you'll learn... To the best of our abilities. To the best of our abilities. Slip-ups. It would also be nice if people gave us shout-outs and maybe some recordings of how you actually say these things, because it would be nice to interact with other indigenous people. But also, it would be cool to learn how to not sound like a jackass. Yes. Yeah. So, it is what it is, and if you really want to learn about land and interacting with land in this country, you got to have a realistic outlook of how things are the way they are. National parks, the history of the foundation of national parks, even though I love them, it's complicated, and I'm not going to pretend like it's not just because I like a thing. As well as, it's important to acknowledge the indigenous peoples whose lands we visited. It was very nice to see these people, and out of respect... 
when we talk about these places, we want to call them their real names. So if that's not your jam, sorry about it, but that's how it's going to go. It is what it is. We don't play around with colonization on this podcast. Get used to it. (laughs) Get used to it. I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to add? No, dude. I'm just hungry. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to wrap it up because we have been doing this for a while. And we got to go back through and listen anyways. See if we got to re-record or whatever. My name is Jordan Marika. You can find our Patreon again at www.patreon.com slash the underscore rambler. We also have an Instagram. It's my Instagram. That is at awkward rambler. If you would like to see some of the pictures we've been posting. Um, Amari, do you want to give them your social media information or do you not want people to know your business like that? I don't really care if people know my business. So my name is Amari. Um, I mainly use Instagram. I do have a Tumblr, but my Tumblr is kind of trashy. So if you did want to find me on Instagram, um, my username is Amarichu. It's I-M-A-R-I-C-H-U-U. Uh, my Twitter is also a good place to contact me if you want to know something or if you have a question or if you want to give me a shout out and you're indigenous and you want to tell me the name of a place of a really important monument near you. Because the other thing we want to do is discuss the history of national parks, uh, the peoples whose territories those originally were, um, and the places that we would like to visit that we missed on this trip. So my Twitter is also at Awkward Rambler. Uh, that's pretty much my social media stuff across the board if you want to find me. So... Thanks for listening, and thanks to all of our patrons who waited for this to happen for forever. And also, thank you for y'all who started to listen. I know the audio ain't great right now. I know we don't really know what we're doing, but we're working on it, and we're working on it for you. If you have any tips or any links to things that can help teach us this stuff, we also love to be in conversation. So hit me up. <laughs>